Hello and welcome back to the Movie Thoughts Podcast. I am your host, Dominic Tartamella, and welcome to 2024. That's right. You get a welcome from me. Uh, We are back. This is the first episode of 2024. My last episode, wow, December 21st, 2023, where I talked about the movie The Iron Claw, which I liked and I still have yet to see again, Uh, but I do want to. It's an emotional roller coaster if you haven't seen it. Uh, Before that, covered Wonka, and a slew of other films, obviously. 2023, not a bad year. Uh, thought I was going to break 100 episodes in 2023, but I haven't. I am up to this episode, episode 99. So we did the, the, what is that called? I don't know. This, the, 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 pen, the penultimate would be like the finale or whatever. I'm not going to get into definitions or words. But we're going to talk about uh, something a little different today. I haven't done, as I said, a new movie. A couple of movies came out recently that I wanted to see. Ferrari with Adam Driver, uh, directed by Michael Mann. I still have yet to see it. Uh, Night Swim. It's a new horror film. A little looks a little cheesy. Not getting the best reviews from what I've seen. I might check it out at some point. Kind of looks. Uh, it looks like. Do you remember? Are you afraid of the dark on Nickelodeon? It kind of looks like there was an episode back in the day, and this has probably been, it's probably been compared to this online, but there was like this thing in a swimming pool, scared the shit out of me, scared the fucking shit out of me when I was a kid. Uh, That's what this movie reminds me of, but I didn't see it yet. Like I said, not really hearing the best things about it, so I don't know. Uh, I like Wyatt Russell, uh, you know, obviously Kurt Russell's son. Maybe I'll see it at some point. I think it's James Wan. James Wan did it, but uh, or some somebody did it. Maybe he produced it. I don't know. Aquaman two, uh, not really, uh, not really run now to go see Aquaman two. Honestly, Aquaman one was alright. I, I mean, it's I gotta rewatch it. I, I remember liking it. I have it in my collection because I wanted to, I wanted to for some reason, uh, have all of those DC movies. <laughs> Which they're now, that's it, they're done. But I'll check out Aquaman 2 at some point. But speaking of Aquaman, which we could do a little segue, right? Uh, Because the man we are talking about today uh, is a bit of an Aquaman himself. And there's a a double meaning there. If if you used to watch Entourage back in the day, remember Entourage? It was good. It was good at the time. Um, I remember having... A lot of fun with it in the first three seasons, four seasons, and then like something about it, it just went to shit. But in that show, this was way before the actual Aquaman movie came out, but there was a James Cameron's Aquaman that was like a fic- fictional when he was in it, and Vincent Chase was going to end, you know, and then Entourage got very repetitive, right? It was like every episode. Lloyd, uh, you know, Ari's running around uh, saying things, and uh, it's just, I don't I don't know. I got sick of it. It became the problem with Entourage, and this is why I'm talking about Entourage. This is the segue that I got into, and now I got here. My brain got to Entourage, so I'm going to, this is how ADD works. Uh, <laughs> um, the problem with Entourage is it became like, the episodes were like nothing happens happened. They were like non episodes. Like you'd have twenty five minutes or whatever it was, and then it would just be like them having sex with girls, and they 
and, and being at a party and drinking. And that was cool in the beginning of Entourage, right? It was like, all right, they got they got rich, they got fame, they got money, and all that stuff was cool. But I tried watching some Entourage over the years. Recently, my brother was re-watching it, and I, I popped in and watched a couple episodes with him, and it's fine. I remember the good things about it. Then they made an Entourage movie. That fucking thing sucked. But let's not go down the rabbit hole. Uh, if this is the first time you're listening to this podcast, as I said, welcome uh, it gets a little distracted. I get a little distracted sometimes. Uh, but that was my James Cameron Aquaman segue. And the reason I'm, as you see from the name of this episode, it's James Cameron Ranked. And uh, the last episode I did Ranked of a director, I think the only other one I did at this point was Christopher Nolan. And that was when Oppenheimer was coming out. And uh, it was just like I had all the Christopher Nolan movies in my head. And I was re-watching a lot of them. Um, so, in that same uh, regard, I've been watching a lot of James Cameron movies. Uh, the thing that triggered it was the 4K restorations. A few of his movies uh, recently got new 4K restorations. The big one, uh, Titanic. Uh, well, not really. Well, that was a big one. That's the more, you know the most famous one probably, but the the bigger ones, in my opinion, were True Lies and The um, the Abyss. Because those two movies have not... Aliens as well, the sequel to Alien, uh, that, that got a new 4K transfer as well. But those two, True Lies and The Abyss, they have really not... Uh, been available in a in a good quality product in a while because I have the old DVD editions of True Lies and The Abyss as a physical media collector. It I have The Abyss on the I, like I watched it years ago. It's like the special edition. It's an official DVD. It is like the worst quality. It is so dated. It's got to be from like the early two thousands. And not only that, but both True Lies and The Abyss, they're not like anamorphic widescreen. So when you watch it on like a TV, uh, you know, a new TV from today, you have to like adjust it in a way. Like you have to go on like your settings and stretch it because the black bars, it will it looks essentially, it's like very, I don't know the aspect ratio exactly and I'm not going to look it up, but... There's a couple of DVDs from back in the day I have when, you know, DVDs were new that didn't have that anamorphic feature. And the anamorphic feature is obviously like when you'd watch it on a wide screen, it would adapt to it. So it would stretch accordingly. You have to like stretch it yourself. You have to go in like your settings and either zoom in. Uh, and it's a fucking disaster. And then the movie looks like shit. Both movies don't look good. To today's standards, oh, we've come a long way, obviously, 4K is the new fucking thing and it's when you watch on streaming there's 4k and there's physical media 4k and obviously physical media always has the edge they're able to store more data the thing you notice about like i i mean i dabble on this podcast about physical media i have fucking loved physical media since i was a kid vhs's i always like whenever i liked the movie i would buy a movie when it came out on vhs then i would buy a movie when it came out on dvd and i've evolved with it Nowadays, I'm staring at my giant fucking Blu-ray DVD 4K collection right now, and it's like, 
it becomes you become a little bit of a slave to your collection, right? And nowadays with streaming, it's like, all right, uh, like, is it practical to have all these movies? Probably not. Do I love to stare at them and I love my collection? Yes. And I still do buy a lot of physical releases, but I also dabble in the in the digital because digital is convenient, you know, obviously with streaming, you know, but especially when there's deals and I'm sure I've talked about this on the podcast, I dabble in the digital sales and the digital purchasing, uh, you know, when it's, when it's a particular movie, I know I have to get, right? There's some movies, uh, to name a few recently, Indiana Jones five, right? Had to pick that up physical. Um, just, it's a must because I have the other Indiana Jones. I want to complete it, right? I got the steel book that goes with the other steel books. Uh, another movie I recently picked up that not a lot of people liked, but the flash Michael Keaton is Batman had to have in the collection, right? I have the other Batmans. Uh, I enjoyed that movie. I'm not going to get into that. But yet again, another movie I got physical, Avatar, Way of the Water. We'll talk about that in a little bit. You know, because you want to have the best quality, the best sound. I've noticed as the years go on, streaming has gotten better. Uh, The quality is very good. You know, especially if you watch what I've noticed. I'm going to go down a little bit of a streaming rabbit hole. But this will come into play after because the availability of some of the movies I just mentioned right now. Um, I've noticed that Apple, Apple streaming, if you go down the streaming thing and you buy digital movies like I do, you there's movies anywhere that essentially links all those movies, um, save for a couple of studios that aren't participating yet. I'm not going to get into that. But most of the movies do link up, so if you have them on Apple... It'll link to Voodoo, it'll link to Movies Anywhere, it'll link to Amazon, YouTube, wherever the hell your collection will go with those, right? As I said, certain movies won't, but I've noticed that I, I buy a lot of movies on Voodoo, um, digital, and I've noticed that like Voodoo has very good uh, quality, but Apple, especially with the 4K, it seems to be a little bit better than voodoo and it seems to resemble uh the the actual physical copy uh the most most closely to to what it is now the big thing with that you know you you, if you listen you sit there and i've done it myself because i'm insane you could sit there you could look at a a blu-ray versus a 4k versus uh whatever streaming right disc disc to streaming and the inconsistencies they're very very minute they're you're not gonna most people aren't gonna notice them you can sit there and i've sit there and watch streaming uh 4k that it looks incredible and like popped in the blu-ray and i like i don't notice a big difference it's more when I notice it more is like something like a Christopher Nolan movie because the the changing aspect ratio, a lot of streaming doesn't have that uh, when you're purchasing those movies. So that's something to keep in mind. But the big thing I've noticed is sound uh, is the thing that you'll probably notice more. Uh, but then it's like I have a sound bar. I watch, you know, fucking Terminator 2. We'll get to that in a minute. And, you know, you blow out your eardrums. How loud does it have to be is the thing. (laughs) I mean, so, you know, streaming versus digital. And the reason I bring up streaming because True Lies, The Abyss, and Aliens 
are all coming to physical 4K. If you're a physical collector, they're coming to physical Blu-ray and 4K in March, right? Uh, but this is how they get you because they, they, they're coming out in March, but they are now available on streaming, um, right now. You get them on Apple, you get them on Voodoo, you get them on the, none of the, all those places I've named. So the, this is what kicked off my, my James Cameron kind of like marathon that I've been doing. Cause they were on sale on Voodoo. I don't know if they're still on sale. They were $10 each. It was like nine ninety nine each. Right. So I was able to get True Lies, Aliens, uh, and what the hell was the other one? The Abyss. I don't know why I keep... And, and Titanic as well. Titanic I have on an older Blu-ray, but I was able to get that one uh, digital as well, just to check out the new transfer and see how it is, because it's like, how many fucking times? Like, especially like over the years, I've bought, I've purchased so many copies of the same movie physical and from time to time, there are some that I go uh, and I'll get a physical release again. I'll be like, all right, this is my third copy of Christmas Vacation. This time it's 4K. But then there's other movies where I'm like, all right, you know what? Let me just try to get the fucking digital. And now I have it in 4K digital and I have the Blu-ray. So I have my hard copy. I'll play that game sometimes. Maybe when it goes, like, there hasn't really been a sale for Titanic. Titanic is available physical right now, 4K. But I'm going down a rabbit hole, as you see, with the physical and digital. But the reasoning is, like I said, because those movies, if you want those transfers and you're able to get them uh, on sale like I did, you could uh, see what I'm talking about and you could watch those movies right now with those transfers. Um... Because as I rank these movies, I'm going to get into the transfers. But the physical releases will be coming next year. Uh, I'll see. Like, I'll probably try to get them when they're on sale just to have the physical. Because I'm a sucker and I'll fucking... I do that. I just do that. I'll buy digital sometimes cheap. Uh, and then I'll buy physical. Like, I got... Uh, I was able to get Killers of the Flower Moon digital recently because I wanted to watch it again. 4K. And I got a little cheaper. And, you know, now I'll probably probably buy especially if there's like a criterion or something but watching these movies again uh first of all the transfers uh <laughs> there's been some mixed things on the transfers there's something with 4k right sometimes when a 4k transfer is done it is done like beautifully and it's like oh this looks great uh they they honored the way the movie looked they just updated it, and they, they kept the film grain if it was an older movie and whatnot. And then sometimes they fucking, they fucking wipe the shit out of it where it looks almost too clean. It's funny because there's a few Schwarzenegger movies uh, now that have been done like this in, in the bad way. One of, one, one of them was Predator. Predator looked very waxy. I remember even on the Blu-ray, a uh, very waxy look. Terminator 2's 4K, which supervised by James Cameron, it looks a little too clean. I mean, it looks like if you, it's one of those things yet again, it's preference. It's, do you, you know, you prefer watching the movie as you grew up with it, uh, film grain and, and inconsistencies and whatever. Then you watch the 4K and it's very clean. It's been like scrubbed. Now, I don't know if you know, James Cameron's been doing Avatar movies now nonstop, right? So, like, he's got this eye now for digital. 
uh, and the way that those characters look. And maybe that's why. Maybe he just got, like, that's what he wants these movies to look like. And he's going, whatever. I mean, you could, I have the Terminator 2 4K in my collection. It's, like, I'm going to watch it in 4K when I watch it. You know, is it, is it, is it going to be, like, is there some sequences that maybe Arnold Schwarzenegger's face looks a little waxy? Yeah, sure. But uh, it, the sound's great, you know. And it does not, listen, I have an older DVD as well, too. I have an older Blu-ray. I could always pop that in if it's really annoying me that much. But they definitely overcleaned uh, those movies. Now the thing is with the new transfers. So I've watched all three of those new transfers um, that I mentioned that aren't available physically yet. And The Abyss looks good. It looks pretty damn good. Uh obviously cleaned up but seems like it it's got the you know the look of what the film's supposed to look like grain and stuff like that aliens as well seems to look pretty good didn't really uh notice anything that looked out of place or and then true lies is the one that a lot of people are shitting on because true lies looks very waxy at times now it's like your eyes get accustomed to it the more you watch it you're gonna fucking forget about it and you're gonna get used to what you're seeing but there are times when like tom arnold's face or arnold schwarzenegger's face or jamie lee curtis's face just looks just doesn't look natural looks a little bit too scrubbed and that's unfortunate and especially because as i said just like the terminator uh one they have been supervised by James Cameron. Now, there's people are saying, uh, yet again, this episode's turning into digital, uh, you know, 4K transfers and whatnot. But I get to I get to be geeky about that sometimes. And uh, from what from what I'm reading, like AI is used sometimes to cut corners on these transfers, and that's why these are kind of like over scrubbed, if you will. Now, we don't know if when the 4Ks come out. If there's going to be any difference, it, there probably isn't because these are the transfers that these discs are probably being manuf- manufactured as we speak with. Uh, so only time will tell. But as of now, uh, listen, they this is the uh, even saying what I just said before I get into the ranking. This is the best you're probably going to get uh, true lies to look right now. As far as, like, if you want to watch True Lies and you want to watch a fucking HD version with good sound and good picture on a TV of this time, uh, from this time period, you know, a TV that it's going to utilize all that stuff on the TV, this is the way to go, right? You're going to, if you pop in that old DVD I have, it's going to look like fucking shit. It's going to look like shit for other reasons, right? And then your other alternative is to, not saying that I condone it, but there's the pirate way, right? There's people on the internet that make their own versions of things, maybe other transfers that have been made HD. I know for a fact about a year ago, I was watching True Lies on something that I may have stumbled upon on the internet, and it was a transfer, it was an HD transfer, so I, I don't know that's an option. There's always that option. I believe I watched The Abyss like that at one point too, because I could not, like I popped in that DVD about a year ago or so, and I was like, I can't watch this fucking movie like this anymore with the non-anamorphic, but there are options. Uh, But that's transfers aside, let's get into the James Cameron ranking. Now, James Cameron, I've, I've talked about him on this podcast before. Obviously, 
Uh, he's done some classics. He's he's not somebody who I ever considered one of my favorite directors. But then, like as I watched uh, or rewatched a lot of his movies, I started to realize like you know James Cameron really he doesn't fucking miss. He doesn't miss. He's honestly every film he's directed is is good, and uh, you know there's varying degrees of good and there's but like everything's good. Most of them made pretty good, you know, box office waves as well. Obviously, a few of his movies are on the highest grossing list, uh, which is incredible. So he, I've said it before jokingly, but he's made some kind of pact with the devil because like every movie he makes nowadays just makes a killing. Um, but James Cameron, like rewatching his filmography and really like appreciating the things he's done, obviously been a huge Terminator fan. Those first two Terminator movies, that's all you need to see. You know, like there's the other ones and you could watch those and that's fine. And I, I have them in my collection. I've watched them. And when I do watch Terminator, I tend to go and watch the other ones as well. And they're fucking ever-changing timelines. Uh, they are, There's some good, there's some bad stuff in those. But, like, Terminator 1 and 2, I mean, that's it. Like, I, my wife has never seen Terminator 1 or 2 or any of the Terminators. And I'm thinking about showing her the Terminators. And honestly, I think I'm just going to stop it too. Unless she's really compelled to watch the others. Because they just go all over the place. But those movies are classics. Obviously, Titanic. And Avatar 1 and 2, now Avatar and Avatar The Way of the Water, which I've talked about that as well. I uh, was somebody who wasn't the biggest Avatar fan, right? I had it in my collection, I saw it, I watched it a couple times, and like it wasn't until like in later years when I started to appreciate it more. And now after seeing the second one, I'm like, I'm in it. I'm in it. I'm ready for the other three, four, five, seventeen, however the fuck many he's gonna make. I'm in it. It's compelling. It's visually stunning, and like, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Uh, I've gone into this as well, and like, I don't Star Wars. I love Star Wars, and listen, I'm always gonna watch the Disney Plus shows. I'm always gonna go to it. Mandalorian's great. Uh, I even I like all those Star Wars shows for the most part. There's some that are stronger than others. But Star Wars is kind of like, as the years go on, it's kind of becoming something else, right? It doesn't quite feel like my Star Wars anymore. And, like, something like Avatar, I, I feel I got an excitement there for the next Avatar after seeing this last one. Where it's like, alright, it's something to look forward to. And it, it may not be Star Wars, but it's a new franchise that I could, you know, get behind and, and, and have anticipation for. But... Without further ado, 22 minutes into the podcast, let's get into the eight films of James Cameron, and we'll talk about the best, and we're not going to say the worst, because they're all good, as I said, but we'll talk about the weaker ones and, and things that I don't think honorable mention, uh, or, or honorable mentions. Uh, his first film, technically, uh, not talking about a short film he did, was for a film called Piranha 2, which is kind of like a B-movie sequel, uh, Roger Corman, uh, you know, sequel. And uh, it's an honorable mention, because it, honestly, I don't think it's fair to put those movies with this movie that was kind of his first feature-length movie. It's not really up to par, obviously, with what he did later on. Uh, so that's an honorable mention. Also an honorable mention, Alita, Battle Angel, because... He was pretty much, it's like his movie, but Robert Rodriguez directed it. Uh, I enjoyed it. I know they're 
didn't really do great box office wise. He was all caught up with Avatar, so he kind of handed it off to Robert Rodriguez, who did a good job. But I don't know what's gonna happen with a sequel. I don't know if there's gonna be a sequel. Last I heard, it was like the studio kind of wanted him to direct it, uh, which I don't know if there was any truth to that or what. Maybe because they just feel like. As I said, this guy sold the soul of the devil. All his movies that he directs make money, so you got to have that directed by James Cameron on the poster. I don't know. Uh, you would think with the produced by James Cameron and the, the backing that he did for it that it would still make money. Another honorable mention, Ghosts of the Abyss, which is a documentary he did a couple of years after Titanic. And it's, listen. If you wanted, ever wanted a sequel to Titanic, if you ever thought there'd be a sequel to Titanic, this is the closest thing you'll get to a sequel to Titanic because it's a documentary where him and fucking Bill Paxton literally go in submarines and go check out the Titanic underwater. And, like, fucking Bill Paxton, the real Bill Paxton, he's not, it's a documentary, he's not playing the character he played in Titanic, but he's essentially doing that. And it's cool, it's uh, creepy, it's weird, it's sad. And it's a nice little after, uh, you know, Titanic watch. Because you get to see that real diving thing. Because it's fucking, as I said, fucking James Cameron's fucking Aquaman. He's going underwater. He's submarine, submarines and shit. Really um, cool guy, honestly. You can love him or hate him. He's a little cocky. He's a little cocky, James Cameron. Uh, but I guess he has the right to be cocky. Uh, but he knows his stuff. He's a smart guy. But he's, it's funny about James Cameron is like, even when we get into his, his, his movies and, and, like, you know, I gravitate, obviously, towards people like Scorsese, uh, Tarantino, Nolan, and they tend to be more of, like, uh, you know, especially somebody like Scorsese, kind of like an, an artsy director, right? Like, James Cameron's not that director. He He's like a blue-collar guy. He just feels like blue-collar, you know, and it, I think it's from his background, he used to be, apparently used to be like a truck driver before he started again. And you, you feel that through his movies. He's not like worried about, I don't know. I, I could just, there's just something about his movies that feel that way. Uh, but yeah, he's a very capable director. But let's get into um, the, the I guess, ranked worst to best or best to best or whatever the fuck. Good to best. All right. So at number eight in the James Cameron filmography, it's going to be True Lies. Uh, and this is not bashing True Lies in any way, but True Lies is probably, if I ranking it, it's his weakest film. Uh, compared, but look, we compare, you know, True Lies to, but True Lies is is a fun fucking movie. Now it's his most his most comedy comedic movie. I mean, it's it's action comedy. You got Arnold uh, in his fucking prime. You got Jamie Lee Curtis, you got Tom Arnold doing some comic relief, and it's just a fun fucking movie. It really is a fun movie. It's action-packed, and this is the film that James Cameron chooses to do in between Terminator 2 and Titanic, and obviously Titanic was this huge undertaking. He was probably already working on Titanic at this point, so you could see it's a little bit more lax, the movie, as far as like... Uh, the subject matter, as I said, it's humorous. It's uh, it's based on uh, it's based on a French spy comedy film called La Totale, and I've never seen that, but I'm sure it's very similar to that. Uh, James Cameron wrote the screenplay, 
He adapted it, uh, and his buddy Arnold's in it, as I said, and they're having a good time. Bill Paxton's also in this in a smaller role, and it's a fun action movie. It's a fun action movie from the 90s. As I said, probably one of Arnold's better movies, you know, outside the Terminator films, uh, his more comedic movies. And it's it's engaging, right? You got a young Eliza Dushku, Dushu, whatever the fuck you pronounce her name in there. Uh, enjoyable film. Uh, one of those movies that was always on TV, I feel like, along with Terminator 2, uh, just always on TV as I was a kid and watching it. And I remember just watching bits and pieces of it, but re-watching it uh, with the new transfer, it's like, I mean, I always knew it was a good movie, but I was like, this is a fucking, it's a solid action movie. Uh, and, and that's the kind of guy James Cameron is, too. He could just do a movie like this which you have fun with it. It's kind of like, it's not a dumb movie, but it's, you know, at times it's a brainless action movie. And then you could do a fucking movie like Titanic or Avatar, where it's a little deeper and there's a lot more emotion and stuff like that, but enjoyable. Uh, they years, years and years. I thought they were whispers about sequels and never happened. Now James Cameron's fully engulfed in Pandora. So I don't think it will ever happen. Probably for the best. I think there was a TV show recently. I didn't watch it, but I think uh, Cameron produced it. But that's number eight. Uh, of course, True Lies. So moving on. Number seven in the James Cameron filmography. That is 1989's The Abyss. So this movie is... It's kind of like if there's one movie that's forgotten... In the James Cameron filmography, I think it's The Abyss, right? Because you have, this is his third uh, movie. And he does The Terminator. He does Aliens, which is a sequel to Alien. And, you know, he creates this great sequel. And then he does The Abyss, which, you know, some of it, like, I don't think it, I don't think it bombed at the box office. But it didn't, you know, hit the way... He probably wanted it to. There's a couple of different versions. There's a special edition that's basically three hours, and then there's a shorter theatrical edition. There was also apparently a lot, a lot, a lot of drama on set. The movie stars Ed Harris, uh, Maria Elizabeth Mastrantonio, who you'd know from Scarface as Tony's sister, which I'm not going to quote <laughs> her lines in that. And, of course, uh, Michael Bean and a slew of other people. Uh, Michael Bean obviously previously worked with Cameron uh, on Terminator and Aliens, and this is a, a great movie. It's kind of like it just it feels like Close Encounters of the Third Kind. I was rewatching it recently, and like really feels like Close Encounters underwater. Uh, you know, you have those vibes. Uh, yet again, blue collar vibes in this. Guys working on the water, submarine, and. Ed Harris is just fucking doesn't get more fucking 90s and blue collar than Ed Harris and he does a good job there's uh it's just a, it's a, it's a movie that I mean can I I am not really going to sit here and explain the plot but if you've never seen the abyss you could there's a a certain pattern in James Cameron's career you see these movies he does and like every movie kind of that he's done whether it be Terminator even Aliens and this they have like elements of each other, right? You know, this has the whole water thing, and then later on, he does Titanic, and he does Avatar, Way of the Water, and it's just, like, feels very reminiscent of those things. Uh, but, yeah, heard the, from, you could read up and watch videos on the, the grueling shoot, uh, putting 
his actors through hell. A lot of the actors hated him after this. A lot of the actors disowned the movie. Ed Harris, for one, was like really pissed off. I think he almost drowned. James Cameron almost drowned at one point. Real fucking crazy shit. Uh, filming in the water, but like this is the thing with him, right? He's kind of like a perfectionist, and he puts his cast through hell, which is not probably not the right thing to do, but he makes a damn good movie out of it. You know, he did the same thing with Titanic. I think Kate Winslet had some problems with the stuff he was requir- requiring her to do as well. He's hard on his actors, but he, you know, he comes up with some good fucking stuff, and, like, she worked with him again in fucking Avatar too. so I guess she didn't hate him that much. So, but I think Ed Harris hates him. I think Ed Harris, because of the abyss, hates him. I think he refused to promote the movie or talk about the movie and stuff like that. But there is, as I said, there's a special edition that's slightly better than the theatrical edition. And there's a few of James Cameron movies, uh, I'll mention them when I remember, that do have extended editions. uh, Which, you know, extended editions, I always look at them like they're kind of like a supplement, right? The theatrical edition is the one that stands... Uh, the the one that a lot of people remember, and then if you like the movie that much, there's extended edition, but they they tend to be better. Uh, the Abyss is one of those instances, right? Uh, you go down the Lord of the Rings thing, where like those fucking extended editions are so much longer. Are they necessary? Probably not, but uh, something like The Abyss feels a little bit more necessary than something like that, where watch the extended edition. I would suggest that, you know, if it's the first time you're watching, you want to watch the theatrical version, it's a little bit shorter, then do that. But there's also several editions of Terminator 2 and all that shit. But The Abyss uh, looks great, as I said, on 4K. And it's a movie that's kind of like, a, as I said, a forgotten little lost gem. They had a, recently they re-released it because of the new transfer for one day in theaters. I wasn't able to see it there, but the watching it at home, uh, it's it's good. It's good. And you see the... You see the stepping stone, right? You see he's he's working with a lot of visual effects that are going to come into play in his next film, Terminator 2. And you see a lot of this stuff, you know, filming underwater sequences that are and, and water sequences that are going to come into play later on in Titanic and more recently in Avatar, Way of the Water. So it all like there's just like a certain trajectory in James Cameron's career, which it, it's it's cool to look at just to. You know, it's funny because Tarantino talks about how he just wants to do 10 films because he wants to have that kind of clean slate. And I understand that. I don't fucking support Tarantino for doing that because I want all the Tarantino movies I can have. Uh, But you do see in a lot of directors, there's some kind of inconsistencies when they make certain films, uh, you know, when a certain amount of films, right? The fewer the films, sometimes there seems to be like a through line. And I think with James Cameron movies, you have that as well. You have that through line of seeing from Terminator all the way to Titanic, all the way to Way of the Water. You just see that there's a pattern. Now he's focusing on Pandora, as I said, so we're going to be seeing a lot more blue people. But The Abyss, definitely recommend it. Uh, And that's number seven. Next up on the list is number six, and that is Aliens. Aliens, the sequel to Alien. Um, Obviously, this was a big stepping stone for James Cameron because, you know, he does Terminator before this, that's a smash hit success, and then he does Aliens, which is a sequel to a Ridley Scott film, which is a classic in its own right, um, especially at that time, right? Because, I mean, Alien came out, what was it, 70, let's, let's, I mean, I got my fucking things all fucked up, right? Let me, 79. 
So this is almost 10 years later. This is 1986. He comes out with this film. And like in in the time when like sequels are directed by other people and they're just not good, or they don't feel necessary, he takes, takes Alien. And Alien is like, it's a straight up horror movie, right? There's an alien on a ship. It's killing people. It's in the dark. It's kind of like Jaws in space or something like that, right? Aliens with the S, is a, it's a fucking action movie. It's a fucking action movie. And it is fucking got a great cast. As I said, you got Sigourney Weaver returning. You got Michael Bean. You have um, Paul Reiser. You got Lance Henriksen. You got Bill Paxton. Fucking game over, man. Game over. Action-packed. And it's funny because I just watched... I haven't watched the Alien movies in a while. All of them. Whether it be Prometheus or... Alien 3, fucking that fourth Alien movie. I haven't watched a lot of them uh, in a while. And re-watching Aliens uh, for the new transfer, I watched it. And then I was like, all right, you know, let me watch Alien. I kind of did like a backward thing. And honestly, I used to think that I liked Alien better. But now I like really see the appeal of Aliens. And I just like, when I was watching Alien after Aliens... I was kind of like, uh, I think I like, I think I like the second one better, and and that's really uh, a testament to James Cameron and the screenplay, and just his fucking like flipping, flipping it on its head a bit and making it a different kind of genre of movie, and yeah, like I said, action packed, fucking kick ass, good characters, uh, quotable dialogue, and. Uh, impressive impressive aliens is an impressive film still holds up to this day uh i know they're supposed to be making another one soon uh the guy who did like evil dead is supposed to do it the remake so hopefully it's good um i think it will be you know they'll maybe do the the prey thing where they kind of strip it back and focus more on the um the horror aspect of it and we'll see. But Aliens, it's it's like, even when you look at the way the series went after that, I mean, I guess not so much. Like, I guess, I don't know, Alien 3, kind of a mess. Um, but even when you look at, like, Alien Covenant, it's really just trying to, like, be like Aliens at that point. But, yeah, good movie, good sequel. Um, and then next up at number five is... Terminator, the original Terminator, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Linda Hamilton, Michael Bean. One of those movies that's like an absolute classic, right? I mean, this is the, the star-making role for Arnold. Uh, just the, the quotable, I'll be back, all that shit. The, the score, right? And speaking of horror movies, fucking Terminator is a horror movie. It's fucking like... It like yet again, Terminator Two is the action movie. Terminator One, more similar to the original Alien, right? Because it's a horror movie. It's this fucking cyborg, fucking fucking Terminator coming to kill uh, Sarah Connor, and you're on suspense. You're fucking scared. You got the good score, as I said, and this is the first like, as I said, the first movie the first big movie he really directs right because that other one piranha we're not counting it but terminator is a classic for years i've gone back and forth and i've said like oh, what do i like better i mean terminator 2 is like 
some people regard it as the greatest action movie and stuff like that. And and I, I definitely up there, definitely up there as far as top action movies. But then, like, I always felt like the original Terminator was a little bit forgotten. Um, it doesn't have quite as good effects as Terminator 2. Obviously, being years before, you don't get the same, you know, liquid fucking metal. But you have some great prosthetics in there, some great makeup. Some of the stuff's a little dated. But as far as the movie, it still holds up. Uh, waiting for a 4K of that, because there really hasn't been a 4K. I know years ago they did a 4K scan of it uh, on a regular Blu-ray, I think. And that, that looks great as it is. But uh, I'm waiting for a 4K Ultra HD HDR uh, copy of Terminator to come out. But Terminator is a classic. And, I mean, what, what, what else can be said about Terminator, the original Terminator? It's the one that started it all. Uh, next up. So what are we up to? Number four. Right, I'm halfway through the list, basically. This is where it gets a little tricky when you get into this territory because I think the next two movies are definitely interchangeable. Um, maybe even, you know, just mood-wise, maybe the next three movies are interchangeable. So I went with Avatar, uh, the original Avatar, because Avatar, as I said, I wasn't the biggest Avatar fan. It didn't really hit me until a few years ago, I was like, oh, this is a good movie, and I get it, you know, I got, you know, um, really throwing yourself in this world, I'm actually playing an Avatar video game right now that just came out on uh, PlayStation recently, Frontiers of Pandora, but immersing yourself in this world, once you immerse yourself and you get into it, it is cool, you know, it is a cool thing, it's enjoyable visually, incredible, Uh, listen, did I, could James Cameron have done other movies, Besides Avatar, could he have done the first Avatar, the second one, and then maybe handed it off to somebody? Sure, I would have liked to see what James Cameron would have did besides Avatar, but we got Avatar, you know, uh, and I'm down with it. Now I'm down with it. Uh, Disney owns it now. It was 20th Century Fox, so obviously Disney's going to pump as much fucking money in it. You got uh, Zoe Saldana in it. You got Sam Worthington. You got Stephen Lang. Uh, Michelle Rodriguez, Giovanni Ribisi, great cast, and yet again, you know, follows that kind of uh, through line with James Cameron movies, right? Uh, you know, the same kind of like fucking army fucking characters that we saw in like a movie like Aliens. You get some of that in there. You get some of all his movies, and it's as I said, visually stunning. I mean, just like to to watch it in 4K. The 4Ks are available. It's an incredible looking movie there's a slightly extended cut not by much like 20 15 20 minutes it doesn't add that much to the movie i think you know if you've seen it theatrical there is a little bit added but it's it's uh doesn't change the movie that much maybe some a little bit more depth i don't think there's an extended cut of the second one yet i know they came out with a collector's edition recently but it's not there's only one version of that which is it's a little over three hours so i think that's enough i think the extended cut of the original Avatar runs at about three, um, where the theatrical cuts just a little under three. So, but either way, good film. Uh, just incredible what he did uh, and the time he took, and just the, the guy just like he's a, he's always on the cutting edge of technology, whether it be as I said, The Abyss or Terminator Two, and then what he did with Titanic, and then this, he brought it to a whole nother level. And that leads right into the next movie, the number 
three movie, and that is Avatar Way of the Water. As I said, those are kind of interchangeable. Avatar, I got to give credit to Avatar because they did it first, but now the technology has advanced so much that like you watch Avatar 2 and you're like, fuck, now they're doing underwater shit. The motion capture has gotten even better. It's like everything's just crazy. And Avatar... It's a very simplistic story. I mean, I've told it before. It's very simplistic. You've seen the stories very similar, especially like Avatar Way of the Water. As far as the story, it's stuff we've seen, right? But it it's just the approach uh, to the material and what he really does. And it, like to immerse yourself in Pandora. I still remember when fucking Avatar was coming out. And I was a James Cameron fan then too. But like, I didn't think this movie was going to make fucking money. I didn't think the original Avatar was going to make money. And now you have this fucking gigantic film series with the fucking Disney World's got its own section of it and fucking Pandora and video games. And it's like fucking James Cameron, man. He pulls it off. Uh, But this second one definitely doubled down for me. Like my investment in this world. And, um... As I said, after seeing the second one, I'm good. Now I'm like, I'm ready for another Avatar. I'm buying fucking Avatar toys and shirts and shit like that and video games. I'm in it now. Uh, The first one didn't do that to me right away. It didn't, you know, I was invested in it, but it was also a big gap of time between the first and the second. You know, there was constantly getting delayed, constantly getting pushed back to the point of like, uh, and we'll talk about it when we get to the film which is obviously coming, Titanic. Uh, But, you know, James Cameron has always been a perfectionist, as I said, and his movies have taken time, and he's kind of, at times, become a little bit of the butt of a joke, right? It's like people start doubting it, and I was definitely one of them. I was a little bit of a naysayer, especially when time after time Avatar 2 was getting delayed, but well worth the wait. Great movie. Coming in at number three. Uh now, like, this next one, right? It's preference. It's, I could say, because it stood the test of time, that coming in at number two is T2, right? Terminator 2. And that's really the only reason that I'll put it above something like Avatar, Avatar 2, is because it's been around since 1991, and it is, it's, it holds up. Terminator 2 holds up. It's a classic, just like the first Terminator, and it ups the ante, of everything in that film, right, it turns it, it shoots it up with steroids, if that movie wasn't filled with, (laughs) you know, testosterone-filled Arnold Schwarzenegger running around trying to kill you, like, this one blows it up, right, you got more explosions, you got two Terminators, you got Robert Patrick in there scaring the shit out of you, running with his fucking metal arms, it's a classic, it, I can't say it enough, but the movie just, it stands on its own without the first Terminator, just like, Aliens does without the first Alien. You could watch Aliens and not miss a beat. You could watch Terminator 2 and you get it and you're invested. And as I said, Schwarzenegger, Linda Hamilton, uh, Robert Patrick, Edward Furlong. Great cast, right? Running around. Uh, there, As I said before, there's several cuts of this uh, on a Blu-ray. I don't know if the, the 4K one has all the cuts. I think it just has the theatrical. i got to double check that. But I have a Blu-ray that has like all three cuts I think there's three. I think there's like an extended. There's a director's extended. I don't know what the fucking all the difference is. There's some scenes that were taken out for time. But obviously, you know, the theatrical one is probably the one to watch. Uh, there was a Terminator 2 ride in Universal Studios. Well, a 3D show, rather. And that was cool. There were scenes filmed 
uh, you know, while they film the movie or whatever the fuck, or after they film the movie, it's, it's like Terminator's impact on the world, and the fucking visual effects still hold up. There's a couple of movies from the early 90s that had that cutting-edge technology, and they still hold up. Jurassic Park was one of them, obviously Steven Spielberg, uh, and and this is another one. The listen, there's some stuff that's dated. Some some of the scenes you're like, all right, it's a little bit like the the way he's fucking turned into metals a little bit. I can see, you know, some of the inconsistencies. But overall, for movies from the early '90s, like Terminator Two, still fucking looks good. And as I said, that Blu-ray, uh, you know, they cleaned it up a lot. They fixed some little inconsistencies here and there. But it's probably one of the better ways you could watch the movie obviously if you don't like some of the way the grain has been wiped and stuff like that you can go back and watch an older blu-ray but yeah number two is terminator 2 because i mean you just gotta you gotta give it to arnold and you gotta give it the fucking the, the thumbs up at the end right and number one you guessed it because it's the only fucking movie left titanic titanic the 1997 fucking juggernaut right the fucking movie that made so much fucking money uh and and was only dethroned by avatar uh years later and i don't even remember did avatar 2 dethrone avatar 1 i don't remember but fucking titanic right it's a romantic fucking drama it's based on the the true story of titanic sinking obviously the characters Jack and Rose were created for the film. Leonardo DiCaprio, before he like exploded, this is when Leonardo DiCaprio explodes, goes on to be one of the greatest actors out there, one of my favorite actors. But this is like the big stepping stone for him, right? Uh, leading a movie with Kate, Kate Winslet. You got Billy Zane in there. You got Kathy Bates in there. You got a bunch of people in there, right? An ensemble. You got Bill Paxton popping up in there, fucking with, with, with California fucking surfer hair, fucking an earring, scuba diving. Love Bill Paxton, God rest his soul. A uh, good friend of James Cameron always popped up in his movies. And this is a classic. But not only is this a classic, like this is Cameron's masterpiece. Still to this day, this is a masterpiece. Now I remember being a kid, because I was a kid when this came out. I was probably like fucking eight years old or whatever. Uh, nine. And like, you know, it's like, oh, it's fucking Titanic. You see it. You can see the girl naked. Boobs are showing. It's, it's you know, and then you're like, my sister loved Titanic. She see Titanic like 78 times in theaters. She had the two VHS. And I remember watching it as a kid and be like, oh, this is, you know, it's good. But it's good. Like, part of you had that, like, as a guy, as a boy, rather. And at that age, you kind of had that, like, oh, it's a girly movie and girls like it. But like, I already at that time watching it at home and watching it at the theater, like, I was like, there's something else to this movie. And of course, you get older, you grow up, and it is it's a fucking great movie. Uh, obviously, like, just the, there's a heart story, and then there's like the visual fucking, like, what this cost and what this took. And as I said before, he, uh, you know, James Cameron kind of became the butt of the joke. Uh, recently, when like Avatar Two was getting pushed back and stuff like that, there was a lot of naysayers, myself included. But like back in the day, Titanic was going through a similar thing, and they kept pumping money into it, pumping money into it, and it became like, oh, it's gonna flop. Like all the magazines and reports on it would be like, oh, fucking Titanic cost this much. James Cameron's fucking. It was people weren't expecting it to be 
this box office smash hit. They were expecting it to flop because this guy was pumping money into something that, frankly, like nobody believed in. You know, at this time too, it's like not that he didn't have a good track record, but it's like, you know, you, you you're reaching for the impossible. But he pulled off with the impossible. Um, if there's one movie that gets locked away in a time capsule from the James Cameron filmography, it's Titanic. It has to be Titanic. I mean, as much as I love all his other films, Terminator and this and that, like Titanic is the one that's like a crowning achievement. And everybody fucking knows Titanic. Everybody's like a universally loved film and a universally known film. Uh, and and that's it goes in the books, right? It's like one of those movies that sits on the shelves. Uh, you know, years from now, right? Hundreds of years from now, this is going to be like the Casablanca. This is going to be the fucking Citizen Kane. It's going to be right up there with, with movies like that, Wizard of Oz and all that shit. Star Wars, the original, <laughs> Empire Strikes Back. But yeah, that's uh, that's that's all I got to say about the ranking. I mean, that's James Cameron ranked. Uh, Titanic's a masterpiece. So we went True Lies, The Abyss, Aliens, Terminator 1. Avatar 1, Avatar Way of the Water, Terminator 2, and Titanic. Uh, as I said, though, James Cameron doesn't really have a bad movie. I mean, he's fucking... Look at his track record right there. Look at it that right there. So you can't look at, like, True Lies at the bottom and be like, oh, man, True Lies is a fucking great movie, too. Uh, not at the level of, obviously, something like Titanic. And I think I, I, think I don't want to pat myself on the back, but I think I did a pretty good job of ranking those in quality. Uh, because you go from True Lies to Titanic, right? You go, you could see that. You could see that happening. But anyway, that's the podcast for today. That's James Cameron ranked. Go rewatch the James Cameron films. As I said, they're available for 4K. I'm not doing a promotion. I'm not getting paid for this. But they're available on streaming um, things, Amazon, wherever the fuck you get your streaming stuff. And they will be available physically um, in March. But Titanic is available now. If you want to go pop in fucking 4K Titanic, it's available now. If you want to fucking cry a little bit and get depressed and realize that these people died on the ship and then Jack froze in the water, I don't want to talk about it. But anyway, that's a podcast. Uh, if this is the first time you're listening, thank you for listening. This was a big one. This was a long one. I haven't done a long one like this in a while. Uh, check out the other episodes. As I said, did Iron Claw, did uh, Wonka recently. Check me out on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram at Dom Solo Reels, where sometimes I put up some funny, stupid videos. Episode 100 coming up. I don't know what I'm going to do. It might not be anything special. It's either going to be, it's either going to be a special. I'll put it this way: it's going to fifty fifty chance. Hundredth episode is either going to be something like special, like I'm going to focus on something special, or it's going to be like I go to the movies Thursday and I go see fucking the Mean Girls musical, and I'm like, all right, this episode 100. I got a gun in my mouth, and that's that's like I I don't know. We're gonna just see how the week goes, and uh, what I end up doing. But anyway, uh, that's the podcast. Check out my other podcast with my friend Ryan. The It's a Long Road podcast, which is a Rambo series podcast. We talk about Rambo. It's coming to an end soon because we're almost through the last movie. But you can go back and go listen to some fun episodes there. And uh, that's pretty much it. So thanks for listening. Rate, review, subscribe, all that fun stuff on iTunes, Spotify, wherever the hell you listen. And, uh, yep, that's it. Thanks for listening. Have a good night.